All right. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much once more for tuning in. Welcome to the Whole Duty of Man podcast once again for the last time. Unless, of course, if you like really enjoy these podcasts and you'd come back listening to them over and over again. This is our episode finale. This is it. This is the end of the Bible and human emotions. Jesus wept. Mm. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is the end. How has it been? Uh, it has been one heck of a. It's been a roller coaster of emotions. Okay, that's what <laughs> the end has been. Yeah. Uh, starting off from emotions, divine provision for anxiety, good thinking, guilt, resilience, self-esteem, and our previous one addictions. And now to partnership with Jesus today, as we as we final as we finalize this, we are gonna be concluding with the man, the center of it all, the focus at which our eyes are to be at. That's how we are concluding. Mm. And you know, there's no better way to conclude everything and this lesson as well. And nothing is gonna be new from today's episode. Literally, literally, the end of every podcast we've been giving is literally the summary we are giving today. You will see that because yes. at the end of everything, we've been coming to see how, like, Jesus, Jesus is, is the, the answer, way, and He is the answer with our emotional and with our mental health, with the various um, emotional mm-hmm. experiences that we get through. So, today is really just a recap, and I'd like to just challenge us as we are talking through the different points and for, for listeners as well, like as we are talking, basically how is partnership with Jesus um, going to enable you to overcome whatever, not overcome emotional experiences, to get through your emotional experiences in a healthy way when partnering with Jesus. So today, looking at the lesson, partnership with Jesus, we are learning from Jesus on how to be with Jesus. So it's like we know that we need to partner up with Jesus in order to 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 know how to navigate our emotional experience as well, but we will be learning from Jesus's life. So he is the main character of today's mm. conversation. But before we get started, um let us pray. May you please pray for us. Uh let us close our eyes and pray. Father in heaven, as we have gathered here before you today, we want to ask that your presence goes before us, that your spirit is with us today, Lord, that as we, as we discuss here about you, uh, you are with us and that we are led in the right spirit and that today, Lord, we may bring, that these lessons may be protected to us and to the listeners, that both of us, as we go on with our day-to-day lives, Lord, we may remember and keep this to memory and remember to hold on to your strength. We pray this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Um, we tend to end with the memory text, but I think today we should start with it. And mm-hmm. our main verse guiding today's conversation is taken from John 15, verse 4. Would you like to read it for us? Do you have it nearby? John 15, John, verse 4. John 15, yeah. verse 4. All right. It, it reads as follows. Abide in me, and I in you, 
as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Mm -hmm. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. All right. So this is not just a recommendation. You know, it's, it's more of a command that we, we mm. should, we must abide in Christ. And the word mm. abide means you must stay there. I won't tell you mm -hmm. to abide in a place where you are already not. You know, like, uh, so abide means to stay and not to mm -hmm. move. And so the principles that we will be discussing today, partnering with Jesus, it's not just going to be a once-off thing. Um, it, it's suggesting longevity, 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 that you are here to stay and that you are abiding in him, with him. Mm -hmm. And just to add on that point, um, when we abide, that's when fruit will be bad. So for these things to come out, what we've been talking about, for you to be able to overcome, for you to have a positive self-esteem and all yeah. these things that we've been discussing from lesson one, mm. it comes with you partnering with Jesus. And in that partnership as well, I think we must just emphasize how he should, in that partnership, certain take, be mm. the more dominant partner, if I was to say. Mm-hmm. And in directing and leading, yes. That abiding is important. So Jesus cannot just be a once-off thing if you are trying to uh -huh. produce fruit and if you are trying to overcome. Which brings us to a mm. point that was even made by someone in the psychiatry field, right? And this is a psychiatrist. His name is Montagu Baker. He's basically an expert in in religious and mental health um issues. And he said that religion is a very important part to safeguard someone's mental health. But religion only has a good benefit only when you are fully committed to it. That's when you reap the fruits of having a relationship and having full commitment mm. with Christ, right? Mm. So when you are not fully committed, he continues to say that religion becomes a source of guilt and pain yes. and it leads to more mental illness. So religion can be that good or that bad guy, depending on how you make use of it. So abiding is very important. So you need to abide in Christ. You need to be fully committed to having a relationship with him in order for you to bear fruit and in order for you to, to get through your emotional experiences well without them overriding your, your ability to make right choices as as we had said in the very beginning and mm -hmm. now as we are going forward we are now going to see the things that jesus did so we are learning from jesus on how we can abide in him and our very first thing is prayer do you remember prayer coming up from any of the lessons we, we spoke about any of the emotional experiences or any bible characters we learned from do you remember prayer coming up uh, I'm sure it did come. I don't particularly remember the exact lesson. Okay, but I think from I think the top it... of my head, I have Elijah in mind. Um, I think it was the provisions oh. for anxiety or stress. Mm -hmm. But that thing where when he was distressed, he ran to God, right? Even though he to was God, running yes. to God, asking that God kill him. It's the fact that he was in despair. And the first point and the first person mm. that he turned to was God. And was so God. Yes. we see a pattern of 
prayer also in the life of Christ. And do you perhaps want to just to take us through Jesus's prayer life and the role that it played in in getting right, so, his mental experiences? So I'll read from Matthew chapter one verse thirty-five, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, not Matthew, Mark chapter 1, sorry, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. So this comes after Jesus had, after Jesus had basically been, had had a busy, busy, busy day. Like it was very busy. He's healing people. Uh, he encounters uh uh, a man with a demon in the church comes back, he's healing a lot of people, like just one after another, he's healing, he's healing, he's healing. And what we see from Jesus, not just from Mark chapter 1, but as we read through Jesus' life, we tend to find a pattern where Jesus tends to make time where he confides himself and has time with God. And he has a special prayer time with God. And I think that's very key because part of Jesus being who he was, part of him having the strength to get on through the day, you know, having strength to do what he was doing, he had that time for him. We see it playing an important role. Mm-hmm. And I think as we go on, actually, we will see how even towards the end, where he now had to do something very important as he was faced with one of his biggest trials, he ran to the same place as we're seeing him running to again. Yeah. And so to be able to go through the day, because he knew that each and every day was going to be challenging. Each mm-hmm. and every day might be hard. And he, he just knew where to go and gather strength right there in the beginning of his day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's something that we tend to do the opposite of. When things are stressful, mm-hmm. it's like the last thing we want to do is spend time with the Lord. Either one, we feel like yeah. it's a waste of time. Or we feel like mm-hmm. he won't be of immediate help. You know, like, I think mm-hmm. it's like even with believers, people that believe in God and his power, we just tend to think that God is not able to give us strength in that immediate time or to do something powerful for us. But it is actually, it is actually in our most stressful moments when we are so overwhelmed that we are to turn mm. to prayer. And I think I can also just attest to this. I don't know what it is or what it is about prayer, but it really works, okay? It's like at that mm-hmm. moment in time when you are so overwhelmed and you just pray, there's just something that comes after that prayer. I mean, your problems are not are not solved. Not, none of it is gone away, but there's just a sense of relief and that, that stress that you had before, um, it definitely goes away. So... It is mm. actually in our most stressful days where we should not be postponing prayer and communion with God. And Jesus was very strategic, knowing that he would have a very busy day and exhausting day yeah. ahead. He would not postpone it, but he would take advantage of the early hours before it got busy. So sometimes it does mm-hmm. work for us to make sacrifices. You know, if it means waking up an hour earlier just to commune with God for you to have strength for the day, it must be done. Mm. And this is an amazing reflection question that is asked at the end of this is what kind of a prayer life do you have? How mm. much time do you spend in the word of God? What are the ways in which you can make your devotional time more meaningful and life changing? 
However, okay, yeah. before before we actually continue, do you, do you want and, to speak on those on those questions? Uh not particularly maybe on those questions, but I want okay. to just comment on one of, on one of the things you mentioned, making sure of the character Daniel. You know, I was watching one video sometime and that video brought out a point that Daniel was was rather willing to face death than to sacrifice mm. his prayer time for that because right there was a specific period for time where people were supposed to come and pray to the king yeah. but it was like no i rather face death than lose whatever you so there was something in in the prayer time mm. there was something when he was praying that was like this is worth this is worth dying for yeah then, then, then rather not do it for that period of time that was set Mm-mm. by the king, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And before we move on to the next point, I just want to answer, or not answer, but suggest rather with how I've been applying. The last part of the questions I had asked earlier on is, how can you make your devotional time more meaningful and life-changing? So what I've like recently started doing was being intentional about choosing what I read for my devotions or what I do. And also like knowing that for this week, I know the things that are coming up and I possibly need guidance or strength on something. When I devote, I'm intentional about asking myself in the devotion and praying about it that how does what, you how, how does what, is that, does that make sense? How does what have work? What is, how does what, what I've read, okay, what I've read, how does it answer to the current phase of my life? So let's say I make some big decision about um, where I need to go to, you know, next year school-wise. And so, like, being intentional in my time, in my, okay, these are the pros and cons. And when I read this text, which options am I being led to? Or even better, that when you are choosing what to read for your devotions, you're like, you know, right now, I think I'm in a Job season. So you read through the books of Job so that even when you are reading the Bible or scripture, it doesn't sound like something that's just like so far high up in the sky and it, it has nothing to do with your reality. But actually finding things in scripture that speak to your day-to-day struggles and in that way the bible and communion with god becomes more meaningful and life-changing to your life Mm. the last part of the question which leads us to the next thing that jesus practiced and how we can partner up with jesus is prayer and spending time with god in the word is not enough what other factors are needed so what mm-hmm. else do you think is needed besides prayer and spending time with God's word? Participation in the church community God okay. has given us. All right. Why? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to read here from First Corinthians chapter 12 from, from, verse, from verse 27. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Preferably, just read the whole chapter, really. It's good. Um, verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Verse 28. And God had set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healings, help, helps, gov- helps governments, diversities of tongues. Verse 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Verse 30. Have all gifts of healing 
Do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gift, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Mm. So even in the chapter we're just reading, right, in, in Mark chapter 1, one of the instances you find as you read the previous in- instances in, in that chapter, you find that Jesus was actually in the synagogue, right, where he dealt with the a man who was possessed by a demonic spirit. And this is something you find, again, constantly in the life of Jesus, where he spends a lot of time in church. And when we find him in church, we don't just find him sitting down and listening. We find him being someone who is a participant member in the church. And when you read now 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul brings out the idea that Christ, the way that Christ has set up the church community or the community of believers to work is that they function as a body. Now, in the in a body, each believer has a certain function. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're in a certain place of that body. And mm-hmm. as a result, they are there for a purpose and they must serve it. And what we, we get from that is that, okay, so because I'm there in, in the church structure, and I'm as a believer, I'm there to to help the church become a more effective and able body, right? Okay. Because if you don't have legs, for example, right, you're obviously disadvantaged, right? Mm. So, so your presence, not just your presence, but your active participation in church activities, in in helping the church grow further, is wanted, is needed to help the body of the body, this body that we have been put in become more able to do its work. And how does that benefit your emotional and mental health? Because although, yeah, it's great for the church, but why is church mm-hmm. community, is community needed? Do you recall the lesson we had on resilience that we had? Mm-hmm. And one mm-hmm. of the characters we learned from was Ruth and Naomi, Right that um, if Naomi did not have Ruth, she would have really struggled when she went back home. But just having people around, and community is a very big thing in the Bible. The Bible does Mm. not promote being an island, being alone. All the way from the Mm. Trinity, not even God is is, is alone, right? And then even when he creates Mm. man, he he says that it's not good for man to be alone even in establishing a nation he does not just establish one great person but he establishes a group of people and it continues with the church so fellowship family right friends Mm -hmm. relationships are an integral part of of who we are as human beings and so that is an important component also for our mental and emotional and in in terms of also just having support you know like Yes. I, I genuinely enjoy fellowship, you know, um, with, with, with mm-hmm. people from church. It is sweet, it um, is refreshing, and it's it's quite therapeutic, yeah? Just from my personal experience as well, I found that particularly when you're around a group of, you know, genuine Christian believers, mm-hmm. you tend to find that, you know, you're happy there, you are motivated, you are yeah. encouraged there. You know, and those things, I think, as we as we saw, you we they help build you as a person. They help give you a mental health. Being in that circle of believers who who worship God, you know, who are joyful, who are there for service, yeah, and that 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 
being in that environment, I think it helps your mental state as well. Because where you are as well matters, you know, if you plunge yourself in negativity, you will become negative. But now if you have plunged yourself in happy believers, you know, you become more positive. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of this environment is so that we are actually able to carry one another's burdens. Galatians Mm -hmm. 6 verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Philippians 2, chapter 2 also says that, let each man not on his own things, but each man on the things of others. Let this mind be mm. in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So yes, there is a community, but the Bible instructs us that as a community, we are to bear each other's burdens and that you are not just supposed mm-hmm. to be there, but each person focusing on their own things, but that each man is supposed to also care on the things of others. So a community allows you to be the selfish it makes you selfless and it just opens yes. up a space for others to also be able um, to help you. And a question, I love these reflexive, reflective questions that are being asked. What is your relationship with your church body? Are you a giver or a taker? Right? Mm. And imagine if all churches or if everyone who came to church had the attitude mm. of becoming a giver, right? What sort of community and- would we have? And I think one day I was listening to amazing facts in their question and answer session. And one of the people came on the call and asked, um, if, I, if, if I don't feel like church is doing anything for me, should I, is it okay for me not to attend? And one of the answers that the, the presenters gave was that, um, you know, you shouldn't go to church to, to go there and receive, but you should go there to what? To go there and give. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why partnership with Christ is important during the week. Like, mm-hmm. do you really just rely yeah. on church? You, you're going to hate it and you're really going to think that it's completely True. useless. But you will True. completely love it when you have something more to, to give. The, mm-hmm. In fact, there is more blessing in giving than in receiving. And that also goes with, with yes. emotional and mental health. Like, the more you, you help others, the, the more... Mm-hmm. It, puts you in a better mental state so it's something to think about also that how has your attitude and relationship been to your local church and how can that change and the third one forgiveness right this was a big part of i think it was um the episode it was a recurring theme over and over right forgiveness came up a lot Mm -hmm. we need forgiveness from christ and we also need to 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 forgive to forgive each other could you please take us through that so with forgiveness what we find and just to be practical because we've already talked a lot about forgiveness right um forgiveness does give you a sense of freedom as well Mm. you know holding on to to what someone has trespassed against you Mm you know, what you have done and you're struggling to forgive yourself, it holds you in that bondage and that results in feelings of shame, feelings of guilt, feelings of negativity. Mm. And what forgiving others people do, as much as as it frees the person who you're forgiving, it does free you as well. Imagine, Mm -hmm. you know, when 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 we go to God, we have the assurance that he forgives us and that has such a good feeling with us. Yeah. You know? 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and it would impact that, on our relationship with Christ as well. If there was no forgiveness mm-hmm. between us and God, there would be no relationship and we would be plunging in guilt and we would mm-hmm. be terrible mentally. But because there is forgiveness, we are able to keep on. Yeah. Mm. So forgiveness does again take us through that because now you're not holding on to anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you're fine, you know, it happened, we are moving on. Let's go. Right. Yeah, and that's the kind of mentality you are embracing, and that's a positive and good mentality. Because that's not all that because if you're not forgiving, you are choosing to hold on to negative things. Yeah, yeah, and so, it's also not good for any relationship if there is no forgiveness mm-hmm. between you and I, as you say. There's just more grudges that are held, right? And mm-hmm. just the the lesson also just speaks about how, like, just the feeling that comes, the relief that comes with being forgiven or being the one giving the forgiveness, it decreases Mm -hmm. your depression, it boosts your overall mental well-being. So there is something that that Mm. that, that forgiveness um, has to do with us. And and it's interesting how, you know, if you you don't forgive, you won't be uh, a good member of the body of Christ because you're now not able to bear other people's burdens, you know. What's the connection between those two as well? You, you basically become bitter and you're opening up your door and your heart for many more bad emotional experiences. Like when, you're, when your heart is closed to forgiveness, you basically have mm-hmm. nothing to smile about or hope about because you keep holding a grudge and you keep thinking bad for the next person. And we spoke about this in our Good Thinking episode and the many other episodes that we spoke about that having a healthy, positive mental attitude is very important and forgiveness does not encourage any of that. So we are encouraged in the book of Colossians 3.13 that we should bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances we have against each other. And yeah. And again, when Christ was teaching his disciples, he said that if you do not forgive others, your father in heaven will also not forgive you. Not because God is holding forgiveness away, but because when you are not forgiving others, you are not in a space where you can receive, or you are not even in a space where you are able to genuinely ask for forgiveness for God from God because your heart just has not forgiven the next person. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to say on, on that? Uh, you know, I did have something, but it, it mm-hmm. just left me. It mm. just left my mind. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think we've tried to cover the gist of, of what we Oh yeah, it was that you know, you know, and that sometimes forgiveness can be hard, mm-hmm. you know, it can be very hard to forgive someone and to forget what, what happened to you and yeah. to see this person as a person, because one of the lessons, one of the points that the lesson makes is that you must forgive, you must forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm-hmm. The way that God forgives us is that he can't, like, that sin is removed, like 100%. He literally sees you as a new person. And mm-hmm. that's very hard. And that goes back to what the first thing we talked about, praying. Praying is then very essential because as you become more Christ-like, some mm-hmm. things will become easier to do because now you know who to run to strength for if you are struggling to do something. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah, I think, I think that's the point I wanted to. So all, all right. these things are just really related. And if you take out one, the others will become disastrous. And it's important, mm-hmm. it goes back to, to the first lesson we emphasized that we have to abide. Mm-hmm. 
you need to yeah because you need yeah. that constant reminders to, to to be forgiving and to be receiving that forgiveness it comes with mm -hmm. um it comes from that communion that you have with with jesus christ and the more you interact and engage with people in the community when you have when there's strife when there's envy there's fight then that's where you initiate forgiveness where you receive it and that's how you come to grow as members in the church body. And I think this next one is honestly my favorite service mm -hmm. service. And we've said this most of time, most of, <coughs> sorry, most of the times, I think it was in our anxiety or hope against depression, <coughs> sorry, episode. We spoke about service, right? That the more selfish we are. <coughs> Selfless. <laughs> The more selfish we are, the, we, the more oh yeah. We become so full of ourselves, we concentrate on our problems, mm -hmm. and that just puts us in, in a lower mental mood and space. <clears throat> so when we engage in service and do stuff for each other, I'm so sorry, I just I just choked on something. I was drinking water and ginger and it was ginger powder so i think a bit of the ginger has just sit on my throat right now but i'm recovering so <clears throat> i i just read something very beautiful here and it says that there's something wired in us something not totally eradicated by six thousand mm. years of thin that makes us feel good even whole when we serve others right we don't Absolutely know what this true. is but it is so relatable no matter what problem you are having on earth, when you do something for someone else, you just feel good. And that is just the beauty of, of service. And I feel like in rehabilitation centers, I think like such programs should be encouraged more where instead of mm -hmm. just like focusing on yourself the entire time, the more you do for others, that tends to benefit you as well. And I think maybe a reason for that is when you see someone else's suffering, perhaps you are reminded that you are not you alone. And the more you help others, maybe it makes you recognize and realize more the help that is available for you than when you just sit down and and just complain. And sometimes it seems like no one is there for you. So I think engaging in service opens up your eyes and your heart more to things that you possibly could not have seen, perhaps to an even bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we've been talking about service. It, it's also been one of a, a really recurring theme. Mm -hmm. And again, it does connect to prayer, to our prayer lives. As we become more like Christ, these are things that will just, you know, will just start. You want to do it. Yeah. You know, Christ wanted to help. Going back to, to when we're talking about prayer in Mark chapter one, you know, he wanted to make sure that everyone who was there at that time left. Mm -hmm. Uh, left the yield and left the fine. And yeah. that kind of service, even though sometimes it can be tiring, sometimes you know it requires for us to it requires for us to look at our finances and stuff. There's that joy that we feel, that positivity that 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 comes to our mind as well. And at the end of the day, really the way to maintain our our mental health, our emotional health is through Jesus. And we find that Jesus brings a positive nature to us, mm. a positive environment 
to us. And just to speak about abiding in Christ, I want to read from Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, For by grace ye are saved through faith, and not that of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, mm -hmm. lest any man should boast. So these good works that one does, either to, to, to help others, right, and to, and to further the work of God, these works are done as a result of salvation. So good works come as a result of being saved and from having that abiding relationship with Christ. So you do not boast of your good works or your ability to serve or to do others because they come from you. But because you have abide, abode, abode, abided with Christ, you have these good works that you now produce. Hence, you need to abide in him. Because, 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 if you do not abide in Christ, and because there's so many people that are, that maybe are not abiding in Christ, but are doing good works, right? But those mm -hmm. have a danger of coming from a place of selfishness. And that just makes the problem even worse. I think we spoke about mm -hmm. it in some place that doing good or like merely even repenting, I think it was about Judas, is not enough right but the, the the motive like you need to be in christ yeah. everything has to be human has to come from christ or else um mm. things just become totally totally messed up and a, a question that is being posed to us here is are you unhappy are you unsatisfied most likely it's because you are too self-absorbed get involved with others Get involved with helping others and see what happens. Lastly, we have hope and trusting in God. Hoping and trusting in God. Again, we had a lesson on this and it was titled Hope Against Depression. May you please take us through that one? So just to first, first of all, read from Psalms 31 verse 24. Be strong. And take heart, all you hope, all you who hope in the Lord, you know. So, generally, just on a, on a general trend, we see that people who generally have hope tend to be, you know, better on a mental basis. Uh, and obviously, if you're good mentally, your emotions as well are going to be good. Mm -hmm. But hope in God is just different from your general hope that things will become better, because. Okay. The hope that God offers is is a hope where you're hoping, but you already know it's gonna it's gonna come, it's gonna be successful. You know, mm -hmm. you yeah, already yeah. know that Ooh, despite that your good. present struggles, sure. despite your present struggles, you are going to be you are going to be victorious at the end of the day. So it's so, not a hope. Where, it's not a hope where you don't yeah. know where there's a chance you might not be successful, where there's a chance you might fail. So if that hope that that lies with that opportunity to you know to to where this where failure is possible, if that hope can still do a lot of good to us when we have it, now imagine putting your trust all your hope in God and yeah. just saying, yeah. you know, take over. I think is it Paul says, I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You mm -hmm. know, putting total trust and putting total hope in God. We yeah. can trust this because we know it's guaranteed 100%. Yeah. 
that it's going to happen. And, that, yeah. and, and probably that also tells us how hard the trials will be because if the hope is guaranteed, you know, probably the trials will be harder as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm also just thinking about David. Actually, like the, the devotion I read today from Psalm 71, and mm-hmm. David is asking for God to deliver him and then even before the deliverance happens, you know, David is like, I will continually praise you, right? So it's like this thing and, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's a theme that like repeats across the Psalms where we see David praising and thanking and acknowledging God for who he is, even when he is in his deepest trials and troubles because he knows um, who God is. And so it it links to just what you said, right? That hoping in God is a different sort of hope because you are hoping with Mm. an expected end. Like it is guaranteed because usually we tend to hope. We just hope that things will go well, you know? But this time you are actually hoping with promises in hand. And Jesus is 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 a perfect example of hoping in God and particularly in very bad times, right? And the lesson Mm. presents with us the scene at the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus, in his flesh or in his own human self, he he did not want to go ahead with this idea, right? He he actually was Mm -hmm. like, Lord, if this part, no, let this cup pass from me. But if it is your will, then let it be done, right? So I, I think that Jesus had like the, the sort of faith and hope, but most importantly, trusting in God that God's will is above and it is that it's much better than what he would want. And that's why he's like, Lord, this is what I would rather prefer, but let's let your will be done because of that sense of trust. Yeah. Let's just describe the scenery here in Matthew chapter 26, okay. right? Particularly from verse 36. Verse 38 says, My soul, and this is Jesus speaking, then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Mm-hmm. Jesus, is, Jesus is going through the most, probably the most intense moment in his life, right? His soul is exceedingly sorrowful. He's yeah. highly in distress. He's bothered. He's down. He's, he's weak. And he goes to God, as, uh, as we often do as well in our lives, when, we are, when we're just beaten down, we are, we are pressed down, we are troubled on every side, right? He goes down to God. And that's the, that's the first key there. Mm-hmm. He goes to God in his moment of distress when he was exceedingly sorrowful. He goes to God. And I think one of the things that makes it easier for him to go to God in this moment is because he has established a relationship with him, as we talked before, about how his prayer life was. Mm-hmm. He has established that relationship that he has a, a communion communion with God, right? Okay. And even when... Relief doesn't come immediately. Relief doesn't come in this case for God. But still, he says, God, let your will happen. Even though he knows and recognizes that God's will would be to him to go on the cross and to suffer. That is to give your, to, to fully hope and trust in God. Giving your whole life to God. Ultimate surrender. Where even if, even though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Mm, mm, mm. You know, and that, 
and that will that is really giving all our hope and all our trust in God, such that even if His will doesn't look uncomfortable, it looks uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We go through it, trusting mm-hmm. that He is in control. All right, and I think like trust and hope it's one of those things where you have to purpose it in your heart to trust in god like with any mm. with every other thing we can give you tips on how to practically apply it but this is one of the things where you have to make yeah. a conscious choice that god said a and i will do a you know you purpose it in your heart regardless of mm. how things may seem so unfortunately this one lies in the power of the will as it says in steps to christ that many will reach a point where you are just desiring you know we we desire to have so much faith we desire to have so much trust in god but that desire to stay there is not enough at some point Mm. you have to be like come rain or come sunshine i am just going to trust and you just you just sit there and and you trust in god and you do what needs to be done and i Mm. think um yeah i think that that wraps up the lesson and perhaps right now we can just share not a not a reflection but this is like take this as your last chance to to share on this platform about this topic as this is our episode finale what is the one thing let's say people have forgotten what we've spoken about or they just rushed through to this episode what is the one thing that you feel like is the most important maybe the most important topic that we looked at most important tip um on bible on 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 what the bible has to say on our um, emotions the one thing i know that even if i forget everything that 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 we talked about one thing i know that has sticked with me through this lesson that i have started to that i've started to conscientiously and purpose in my heart to start doing it in my life mm-hmm. is whenever there is something um i've been learning to teach myself the habit to run to god to just okay. even if it's a short prayer if, if if it's a very short prayer i just have to tell god about it if it's a problem yeah. i immediately go to god that's really one thing i'm teaching myself mm-hmm. because for people just like we didn't get them go through the examples where people didn't run to god immediately yeah. but we see that there were there were a lot of consequences that came from not just running to god okay. so that's the decision i think i've purposely made for myself that now when there's something run to god first as All quick right. as you can okay yeah. fair enough sorry about that um so for me mine has to be resilience um mm-hmm. building resilience and this is because we are guaranteed to go through troubles and trials one because we are in a sinful world there is a devil and number two mm. is these trials that bring about our purification so one is guaranteed to go through one right like when a trial yeah. comes as paul as peter says that we should not be surprised as though a strange thing had happened to you so the importance of building resilience um and you build resilience when you are not in a disaster so when you are when things are going well that's when you are supposed to be tightening you know um your hope your promises and it's like this is the time i mean every time you should be getting getting closer to god and getting to know him more but it's like 
you you need to be very intentional about building that resilience and i'm, I'm speaking from job right when we spoke about job if he wasn't mm. that man who was god fearing who was a holy and an upright man his approach to his trial and response would have been would have been different so the importance of building resilience and then when you fall apart that resilience will give you hope to carry through and then once you have recovered you go again and you keep building resilience so i think my phrase is build resilience always yeah that mm. is it for me and i think we, we are done this was it thank you so much everyone for, for yeah and for supporting us from day one we really appreciate all the support and we don't know what the future holds for the cosmos for quarterly elements but mm-hmm. um yeah we are this is not the end eh? for this platform and also we should extend our thanks to the whole duty of man podcast for allowing us Absolutely. to use their platform in in giving this a try and yeah i i trust that it was it was worthwhile listening in mm. and for, for, for people to tune in as well so with that said i will close for us in prayer let us pray Thank you, Lord, for this evening, um, for this day and this time that you have given and allowed us, Lord, to, to, to wrap up this episode, but also the podcast, Lord. Thank you so much for providing the platform. We thank you for the whole Duty of Men podcast team and for just making everything possible, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the listeners and um, everyone who was tuning in, Lord. We really pray that this was... We pray that it was not in vain, Lord. We pray that this has really spoken to at least one person and that they have changed the way that they perceive you or how they deal with their emotional experiences and just letting the biblical ways guide them, Lord. May you please um, be with the cosmos. May you please guide us in our future endeavors. May you please continually give us wisdom, Lord. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.